Welcome to Conscious Culture, a podcast on the evolving future of work. I'm Sarah Hawley. And I'm Ren Matheson. Each week we bring you in on the conversations we're having about culture, business consciousness and heart-led leadership. And on what's going on for each of us as leaders growing our companies side by side. Ren is the CEO of Grow My Team. Sarah is the CEO of Grow Motely. And And this this is is our world. world. Hi. Hi. How are you? Been a while. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Um, we're both at home, right? You're at home. I am in Port Macquarie. Well, I'm, I'm at there. home in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I have been on the road. How for does three it feel weeks. to be home? It's so good, and it was such a mess while I was away trying to record. And I'm sorry <laughs> to you <laughs> and our audience because that's on me. Um, and I'm planning on doing six weeks on the road, August and into September. So I'm definitely going to have to figure out a better situation. But um, we had some issues with our camper where the electrics weren't working. So I couldn't like get stuff plugged in. And so, yeah, there was a whole lot of juggling, mm-hmm. charging and Wi-Fi and everything going on. But yeah, it's good to be home. Really good. And good to catch up with you. I feel like it has been not only like recording the show, but I don't feel like we've really caught up a great deal as much as we usually do in the last few weeks. So everybody listening, Mm -hmm. you're going to get like everything because we need to catch up. (laughs) There's a lot of juicy content there that we're going to share. I know. know. What's been going on? Cool. Uh, What hasn't? Well, I was just saying before that my house has been like a small petting zoo for the past few weeks. So I've had so many, I've got had three dogs, I've had a cat, I've had like birds at certain points and then like my kids on holidays, it was manic. <laughs> I, it, it's sort of, it, I could only liken it to when you go on a trip and then you're trying to juggle all the things because you want to be on your holiday, you want to be doing all of the, you know, the, the fun stuff, but then you've still got to sit and try and find your flow state to get the work done. And it was similar, um, just juggling all of those things and having kids on holidays, but and start finding the flow eventually. One thing that I have recognized though is in that time, I definitely lost a part of my ritual, which I've noticed the past few days. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting challenge with like remote work and the freedom and flexibility is just like, because you have this full flexibility on every level of life and then you have everything Mm. that you're dealing with, like kids or partners or roommates or whatever it might be, um, vacation time, like all the different things kind of coming in. And I don't know, I don't, I think the like, the normal response or thought would be like, oh, does that mean like it's hard to get your work done or whatever, or you don't get your work done and stuff. And it's not that you don't, it's just that it's like harder sometimes to juggle things. And I'll find some days, cause at the moment my nanny's not here. And so, she, cause we're, when we're in Colorado, she comes up like for a week at a time or what have you. When we're in Austin, she comes every day to the house cause she lives there. And I haven't had her for the last two weeks. And it's like, oh, my day is like this stretched out, like weird working day where maybe I wake up early before Luca. So I do like a little bit of work, then he wakes up and then this happens and that happens. And then I'm working again and then I'm not, and then I've got a meeting, I've got him in the meeting. And then I'm like, (laughs) he goes to sleep and I can work again. And then last night I was up late, like working till 1030 or something because he went to bed and I was like, okay, I'm just going to get some work done. Um, And we had Joe's parents here on the weekend as well. So that also, it's like having guests and all these different things. And it's just like an interesting challenge, I think, as an individual to figure out, like you still get your stuff done, but it's like, 
you don't have that delineation between just going to the office, um, which mm-hmm. I would never want to trade it for, P.S., but... <laughs> No way, no way. But it does test you in terms of being able to switch from the multiple hats that we can wear in a day or in a week. Mm-hmm. You've got to be okay with going, okay, mum hat's on whilst work hat's on and I can <laughs> yeah. do both and then, you know, relinquishing one just to fully focus on another for a little while. And it's amazing that we can have a fully integrated life like that. I feel so blessed. Yeah, And it's just it's essentially too, it's about having some boundaries. Although I don't have many walls in my home, like there's a lot of open space yeah, and kids hard. don't know boundaries even when you lock a door. They're begging on it. Like, I'm hungry. I had my daughter texting me the other day and I had 16 messages from her telling me how hungry and starving she was. <laughs> I was like, you're nearly 13 years old. Go and forage. <laughs> Actually, go and work. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. They find oh, a way man. to break your flow state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, a three, a four-month-old, he's almost four months. He also doesn't obviously have boundaries. If he's hungry or he pooped, he's screaming at me to change. It does not matter what I've got going mm-hmm. on at that moment. Yeah, I mean, I think for me it's like I definitely have like a strong workaholic archetype, whatever that is in me. And like this, like want want to just like get into something and like, I lose the day, I lose hours. Um, And that was really great when I was single and just traveling the world and I could just, and no one else worked remotely either. So I had like all the time in the world, no one ever wanted to have a meeting with me. No one ever wanted to do anything. I could just work, 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 work. And it was great. Um, and I mean, I'm definitely not as much of a workaholic as I used to be five or 10 years ago, but I still have that trait in me that loves to just like get lost in whatever I'm building. And it's like a struggle when I don't have my nanny here and I'm like, Oh, I don't even get like half an hour to like really get into something sometimes. And so there's that part of me that finds challenge Mm. in that. But also I was just messaging a girlfriend actually before this call and I was talking about this very thing. And I was thinking like, even though I feel like right now I don't have as much time for myself as I would like, I also feel really proud of myself because my level of busy and stress and overwhelm now is like way different to what it would have been 10 years ago. Like when I was stressed 10 years ago, it was like, actually, I don't even know how I did that life. Like it was so frantic. Now it's just like, I don't have as much time to like sit and enjoy a coffee in the morning by myself or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've got to be a little bit more strategic with that time, don't you? And ultimately, I mean, I feel like most people can resonate with burnout and hitting that point where you've just, you've had enough. And it's sort of to circle back to what I'd mentioned in the beginning of this was that I'd recognized I'd lost my morning routines and my ritual Mm. that I have. It is such, it's like the cornerstone of all that I do. I need that to stay grounded. I need that to show up and be the best mother and be the best leader. And, and as soon as I start to lose that, I lose my confidence. I lose my focus and stress levels skyrocket. Mm-hmm. For no reason other than that I've just forgotten to, you know, have my energy run the day rather than the world's energy do that. Yeah. And the past few days I've really started to feel it penetrating my force field. It was weak. And I started to feel like all of the collective fear and the chaos and, you know, I really do all that I can to remain calm. And I started to really consider how much pressure it is on leaders now and I was even feeling it as a parent as well, like, how do I remain calm in this chaos that is everywhere? Mm-hmm. 
that now. You know, I got on our team meeting yesterday and unfortunately a couple of our team members are experiencing the riots that are occurring in South Africa at the moment. And mm. that was the, the focus of the, when we went into our team meeting, that was it. And of course we want to hold space and I want to be there for them and, you know, let them express themselves in that. Um, but then we've also got to hold a container of calm and safe and that's okay. Mm. And we're, we're going to get our work done. And, you know, I just, I sort of jokingly like, and seriously as well, but I just said, you know, let this be a positive distraction for you, you can fall into our vortex for the next hour and we can focus on something else. But, you know, there's, there's a, a heavy weight that I felt, I still feel. And it's, it's a, a, I think that's where you can say pressure is a privilege. Mm. It is amazing that we can be there and find that calm for our teams or for our families. But if we're not taking care of ourselves, that's a really sketchy area. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so right. And I mean, I have to admit that my morning ritual is pretty much non-existent right now and has been for the last three to six months, um, probably toward the end of my pregnancy. Like I was getting really busy with work and I was not sleeping and everything was blending. And then after Luca was born, it just, it just hasn't been there. And I, last time we recorded, actually, we talked about this and you shared such beautiful wisdom around like bringing the kids into, um, on that journey. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Luca's only four months old, but you got me thinking and I'm starting to try to incorporate like whatever I can, like, even if I just sit with him and just say to him, he doesn't necessarily know, but energetically he does when I say, okay, we're just going to sit here and like, be grateful right now. And you know, he maybe he plays around, then he starts screaming or whatever. But like, I thought, well, I'll just start now in these little tiny ways, but I haven't gotten to the place where I've fully reintroduced a morning ritual again. Um, and I need to, and I want to, because um, it's also so easy for the, I'm too busy, like, oh, not right now, next week, next month to carry on and carry on. And you're right, it does kind of distract us from, or not distract, it disconnects us from self and connects us into the rest of the world. And there is so much going on right now. Like, I mean, it's kind of crazy. This Once again, I think we've talked about this before as well, but working in a global team, it's so fascinating, right? And I didn't actually realize there was riots going on in South Africa. I don't, I don't have anyone in my team from South Africa. Um, right now, and I'm not very plugged in to the news or mainstream media, so I didn't know that. But I've been chatting with a couple of friends in Australia, and obviously parts of Australia are in like really serious lockdown. And I was chatting with a girlfriend in Bali this morning, and Bali's in lockdown for the first time. Like, I don't know that they've really had a lockdown, or not what not that I've heard. Um, but like mm. mili- military police on the street and all sorts of things. And it's fascinating because the US is like wide open right now. Like there's, it's like nothing ever happened here. So Mm -hmm. it's just such a interesting time in the world where we are collectively moving through the same thing, but the way that each nation and even each city or state is responding is so unique. And the timing is so different Mm. that like we can relate, but it's all happening like now at different times. It feels like the very start, we were like all in this thing together for a few months mm-hmm. and then everybody's strategy just or every nation's strategy just went totally different. And now it's like so interesting to watch what's happening all around the world. Mm, totally is. And, but there's such waves in that. Like, and you're right here in Australia. So in the Victorian state, they have been in what feels like lockdown ever since yeah, they the had like began. over 200 days. It's incredible what they've had to go through. 
Um, but now it's New South Wales, my state, that's going into the lockdown. So it's like one gets the reprieve and now we're bolting in. And then there's mm-hmm. absolute fear around that because we've had to watch from the sidelines seeing how much these people struggled in Victoria, yeah. knowing that that's what's coming. And it's kind of like, is it better to know what's coming in front of you or is it better to just be surprised in that? But, yeah, it's... um. It's interesting, and it is—it's an absolute blessing to have global teams because you, you, you're seeing it from such a, a broad perspective. Yeah. Um, but it's—it's it's also that's why it's so incredibly important that we keep the conversations going with them and asking them about how they're going because it's easy to sort of switch off. Like I do, I'm in my bliss bubble. I purposely have locked myself in tight so I can, you know, feel like I'm really safe. But unfortunately, a lot of people in the world aren't for many reasons. I think it is nice working in a global team where like one person might be or a group who might be going through something, but the rest of the company isn't. And mm. in the old world, like, well, if we're all in this city, then we're all going through the same thing. So that collective energy also exists within the company, in our homes, in our city, in every area of our life. There's something kind of nice about like when Texas had the deep freeze last year and like I was pretty much offline, we lost the power in Austin, we lost the grid for a week. Mm. Um, you know, it was below for those Celsius, it was like below 10 or something for like a week. It was insane. And Texas is not set up for that kind of weather at all. Like they don't have a snowplow in the entire state. Like there's nothing they could do to kind of get the roads functioning or anything like that. And, but the rest of my team were just like, carrying on as normal. And that was like really nice for me. And only a few Mm. weeks earlier, we'd had, we have a couple of people um, based out of Lagos in Nigeria and they were going through riots. um, And, you know, we were holding space for that, but like, there is something where it's like, oh, work then becomes like a different space um, where you kind of get, you kind of get taken out of like whatever's happening in your physical, immediate physical space. Mm, I love that. That's such a good point. Yeah. And ultimately that's even like when I'd said to her, like, let's come in and said to the team, let this be the vortex where you can just bolster in and feel safe and switch off for a second. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mm, good point. So talk to me about your trip. Oh, my trip was good. How was it? Other than the camper not working. Well, it was very (laughs) um, spontaneous. So Oh, it was really funny how like timing, how things work. But on the Friday, on the Thursday when I was heading, we headed out, I think, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. And on the Thursday, we were driving to a friend's land. He has a big property and he was having like a private mini festival for his birthday. So a bunch of people he knew um, and we were all just going to camp for the weekend and music and dance and really amazing about 100 people I sounds think. horrible it sounds yeah. terrible no <laughs> so one bad. wants to do that <laughs> no one wants to do that a festival so with all your own friends no way <laughs> after being in lockdown for a year and a half um yeah it was amazing wow. but I didn't know where the land was and then I'd been working pretty hard in the lead up to going away and so I think on that Thursday I sent a message to my team saying hey I think I'm gonna actually switch off for the weekend um and turned out I really didn't have very good cell reception there anyway. So I'm glad I made that call because I might've ended up, um, you know, struggling to work or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up switching off for the weekend. So I turned my phone off for three or four days, four days it was. And that was so nice to just completely disconnect. Um, and then after that, we were going to carry on and just head up North. We we're going to head up to like, 
Chicago and then we were going to go up to um, Lake Michigan and meet some friends. But the electronics in our camper were not working, as I said earlier, the way that we wanted them to. And with a baby and it's really warm over here right now because it's summertime, um, it was just like too difficult. So we ended up booking this random Airbnb in Missouri, which I had never been to Missouri. And Missouri turns out is really, really beautiful. <laughs> and we were in this like tiny little, we weren't even in a town. We were outside of a town, but there was like wineries in the area and some really nice restaurants. Um and we just stayed in this cute little tiny house for not quite a week, five or six days or something, and just kind of worked and hung out and went to the park with Luca. And we went to a winery for lunch one day. And yeah, it was great. It was really nice. But it was nice to come home, like having all the challenges with the camper and having to change directions last minute and all of that. But one thing that I'm really enjoying is, you know, toward the end of my pregnancy, and for the first couple, month or two that Luca was born, I was very like insular and I just wanted to stay in one place, which is unusual mm. for me. And I wanted to cocoon. And then uh, because it had been so long, it had been almost like six or seven months, maybe actually in the end where I had been in Austin in my house, like not really done anything that when I first started traveling again, it was feeling a bit like, oh, this is hard. This is uncomfortable. I don't know. This is challenging. Mm. Um and I'm glad that like I've overcome that now. And that trip was a great example mm. because it was all a big mess, but I didn't care. Like I was so happy and it was just like, oh, good. I feel like I've grounded back into myself. And even though now we have Luca in the mix, it's like I can still travel. I can still be flexible and spontaneous. I can still deal with like, like I mean, anyone who travels a lot, it's like pretty much a constant mess. <laughs> like it's so, <laughs> it's so common that things go wrong because there's just so many things you're trying to coordinate, right? Different flights or accommodation or just like so many moving parts potentially. And usually mm. like things don't always match up and, and part of traveling a lot, I think is learning to be really flexible and really okay with things not being exactly how you wanted them to be. And that was my life before, but it was a little scary for a minute there where I was like, Oh, have I like lost that ability to cope with that, but I haven't. <laughs> so it, it's just nice to settle into that in family life. And, and I think as well, like the first month or two with Luca being born, like I didn't want to be, I was so nervous about like, what is it going to be like to even go for a mm. coffee or go to the store with a baby? Like I'm still trying to get used to like everything that I need to do. Um, and now that we've like started traveling and everything, it also helps us loosen up as parents. Like in the camper, it's like, how do we have the bare minimum that we need? Like we need his bare minimum mm. clothes. Like we don't need all these gadgets and things. Just like, what do we need for him at an absolute minimum? Um, and it keeps like everything really minimal, which I like. We were walking past someone the other day, um, one of our neighbors and they're pregnant. And they were like, oh, you know, we stopped and had a chat and they were asking us like, what baby monitor do you have? And what this and that? And we were like, we don't even have a baby monitor. <laughs> like we don't, we don't have half of that stuff that you're asking about. <laughs> um, funny. I don't know if we're reckless parents yeah. or we're just minimalists. I'm no, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's fabulous. I love hearing that. Um, I'm not sure if I've shared with you, so I'll do it and I'll definitely share for our listeners. But um, I've had a new sort of, calling within me to start traveling a lot more with the kids and showing them country and connecting them to country. Um, and so it's on my bucket list now to actually get a camper and whenever I can, and even I'm considering pulling them out of school for at least six months and homeschooling, 
I don't know how I'm going to do it all, but I'm going to figure it out because I'm absolutely adamant that we need to have this experience. But to go out to some remote communities and connect with our Indigenous First Nations people of Australia and educate my children, educate myself. And there is like huge resistance in me because I'm like, can I run a company, do all that I do and get on the road with kids and potentially be out of out of service areas for a little bit? Um, and can I do all of that? And yes, you fuck, can. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yes, and I anything can. is possible. And I just love the challenge of, you know, trying to do these things that are different. And mm-hmm. it's like everything is possible. And if, if, if there aren't pioneers like us out there challenging the status quo and seeing if this is possible, then nobody else will ever know that it is. And mm-hmm. likewise of all the other people that have shown us that there are alternate ways of doing things and, you know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I'm so excited yeah. for you. That's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of planning, you know, which I'm not kind of used to because I like just going with the flow and we still can, but I think it's relinquishing the control and the fixed mindset of doing things in a particular way and knowing that sometimes it's not going to go like always to plan, but ultimately too, having some of those things where if I know that I'm going to be out in a remote community, then I've just communicated it prior, you know, planning some of those little pieces. Um, But I think it, it can absolutely be done and I can't wait to take people on the journey with me because it's going to be awesome. That's great. Mm. And I want to talk about work in a minute because I have so much going on right now that I'm excited to share. But very quickly, um, I mean, I think school is stupid anyway. So (laughs) I feel like they might learn more just by being on the road than... (laughs) Yep. Um, Do you know Dr. Carl here? I'm I'm not sure. He's a a phenomenal guy. Um, I don't even know how to describe him. Terrible with bios. Mm. But his name's Dr. Carl. Research him, anyone. Google him. Um, but I once heard him speak and he referred to um, school as baby jail. <laughs> yes, yeah, totally. I love that. locked him in. Look, my son, Leo, he's um, nearly nine and he has been begging me for the past 18 months to homeschool him. Every day he's begging me to homeschool him. And I recognised early on that he just, it, that sort of mainstream just doesn't suit him. He wants mm-hmm. to free reign a little bit more. He's super creative. He's really soft. He's also hypersensitive to his surroundings and there is a lot of chaos like you know he just kind of wants to be bolstered in and and do his own thing and he goes into school and it's so rigid and you know he's kind of forced into doing all of these things that he really doesn't enjoy um and so yeah I can feel myself more and more wanting to push back and rebel against it a little bit more myself and the Mm. idea of homeschooling kids um scares the crap out of me but it also really excites me because I'm like I truly believe that nature and the people that we connect with are the greatest teachers. Mm-hmm. They really are. And I don't want to put it, I don't want to discredit teachers. I think teachers are wonderful. I think our education system is archaic yes. and it's quite destructive now, but teachers in themselves, they mean well and they do a phenomenal job. And I really appreciate all that they've done for my children in helping me nurture them. Mm-hmm. But and when it comes to the greater constructs and what it is that I, I want them to be as they grow and learn and step into this, but their role as leaders in the world, um, I'm starting to really recognise that their connection to country and understanding and seeing the beauty that is out there is what's going to create more compassionate, understanding and empathetic leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I mean school was like baby jail, right? School was actually created around the time that factory workers, like that was a lot of what it was, was like setting people up to be able to clock in and clock out and kind of 
be obedient and line up when the bell rings type of thing. Um, why <laughs> this is so relevant to the line of work we're in, but why would we make our children go to a room every day and sit there all day with a bunch of other people and listen to somebody else and like follow rules and everything when the future of work is remote? They're never going to actually have to probably do that. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it like makes even less sense than it did two years ago and it already did not make any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting though because in terms of the future of work, and I've been researching this a lot more lately, um, and the up-and-coming generations. So we've now got this generation alpha, and they're like Leo's age and also baby Luca's age. They're in this generation alpha, and they're saying by 2030, they're going to take up at least 11% of the workforce. And what are they being raised with? Mm-hmm. Like our, their environments are so different to what we've ever seen before. It's highly technological based. Like, you know, their iPads were there when they were born. They've seen all of that. Technology is surrounding them, yet they're still having to sit in some like in an archaic system that's trying to teach them you know, things that they're never going to use. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you look at, at certain countries, and I know there's a lot of schools over in the US now that have started to do it where they're creating those incubators, teaching children like, <clears throat> you know, video games, like getting them to game every day because of what that's actually doing to their mind. And then they're poaching them out to become brain surgeons because like there's these transferable skills that are involved with technology now that I think that if we're in this fixed mindset and we're meeting it with this sort of like older generation um, mentality of going, oh, you know, well, back in my day, we just used to kick a ball at a wall. It's like that Mm. used to work. (laughs) It doesn't work anymore. Like we've got to stimulate them differently. We've got to create different opportunities and landscapes. And it's really interesting when we're looking at speaking to leaders and and encouraging them to create um, a work environment that is going to accommodate to that up and coming generation. It's going to be mm. interesting what we're going to need to do. And it definitely is in terms of remote living freedom and flexibility because they're screaming for it. They're going to be very soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. When I sat with um, ayahuasca last year in July, the very end of my last ceremony, I uh, showed me that the plants, the planet, nature in that sense, um, wants to work in concert with technology and that we can actually like perfectly balance it all and have this very Mm. abundant kind of um, existence. But it is about balance um, and that's what nature wants. And I mean, technology in a way, everything is nature really, Um, but it's yeah. like about creating balance and harmony and integrating the two. And I think one of the nice things about remote work as well is like so many people around the world have used this as an opportunity to move out into nature or into places that feel more resonant for them, whether that's, you know, mm-hmm. nature or just a little more space. Like it's cer- there's certainly been a trend of people moving from high density places to mm. at least, you know, whether it's very nature focused or just something a little bit more slower paced. But to, in order to do that, they're sitting on their computers and Zoom and using all of the technology. Mm-hmm. And and that's the balance. Like that's so beautiful. Like I live here half the year in my house in Colorado, surrounded by trees. Like every window in my house, all I can see is trees. And that is like such a beautiful cocoon and mountains everywhere. 
yet, you know, I'm building a tech company and I'm on my computer all day, every day doing different things, but like what a Mm -hmm. gift. And this feels so much different to if I was doing the same thing in a tiny apartment in New York city and like commuting every Mm -hmm. day through all this like high energy hustle and bustle. Like now I have like this mix of the vibrations of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's such a beautiful opportunity for us in the future to live more integrated with both technology and the natural world. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And you're right. It is like this this mix and blend of different vibrations and it's almost like it's the concept I've been toying with a lot in terms of like conscious crafting and how we're doing that because we are continuously crafting our own realities and it is that like we can create so much through having having the conscious awareness of what both do and the power that they have and honoring both and finding that blend or the balance or whatever it is in appreciating that both have their place in our world now it's not one trying to dominate and take over the other we can sit in harmony with that and appreciate both and i think if anything that pandemic is the pandemic has definitely allowed us to appreciate technology far more than what we ever did in the past mm-hmm. a lot of people still see it as an inconvenience but it's profound i wouldn't be able to sit in my bliss bubble and connect with you where yeah. you are and see your baby and join you on your baby shower and do all the things that we've done together. And, you know, when was the last time I even seen you? It was like <laughs> In Cambodia. Ago. Yeah, <laughs> I that think. Was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you didn't have a baby and you weren't married. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> it was definitely a long time ago. Well, and it is amazing. Yeah. And pe- people have, well, I mean, uh, talking about people, but, you know, there is a, mm construct up there out there that's very negative against technology and negative against this and it's this idea as well that you can't connect as well you can't build relationships as well and it's completely not true like I can literally feel someone's vibration on a phone call or a zoom call or listening to a voice note I can feel their energy I can be totally connected and tapped into that because that's how I am with them in person like it's not not there Mm. um I think the way that our consciousness works and the way that this whole, I don't know what this is that we're experiencing, but it's like all energy and it's all connected. And so it doesn't really matter like where we are. We don't have to be in physical space. Like that's a very simplistic view. And I think once you have spent a little more time to understand what you actually feel in your body, what's yours, what's not yours and where the world around you kind of comes into it like you realize that you can feel that no matter where you are you don't have Mm -hmm. to be in physical presence with somebody um so and the next generation it's just a different they are it's just a different level of awareness i think and tuning in it's it's learning a little bit more than having to rely on body language alone or someone's energy when you hug them Mm-hmm. You can you can tap into anything at any given moment. It just depends on whether you choose to be that connected. We have that ability. Yep. It's incredibly profound. And I think we spoke about this maybe in our first ever podcast together when we used to meet in our dream states. That oh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. I'm like, our higher selves have been hanging out all the time. I'm okay. I don't miss you. <laughs> See you all the time. <laughs> But it is, and I think we always pass it off as like, oh, that's a little woo-woo, but it's like, no, when people that are in my inner vortex and my sphere are disturbed and disrupted, I feel it. 100%, 100%. There is a bunch Mm. of people in my life that I am very connected with energetically 
and includes most of my team. Like I think once you work that closely with people, mm-hmm. certainly my leadership team, um, certainly you, certainly some of my other really good friends as well. It's like, I can just feel it. I can feel what they might be moving through. And sometimes we haven't even spoken or what have you. And I'm not even on social media, so I'm not like necessarily looking at what they're posting or like, and I think it can be so easy to play that stuff off as like, oh, well, you know, I picked it up because they interacted with me differently or something, but it's so much more than that. And I think the gift of Mm -hmm. the pandemic, the gift of having so much time in your own physical space and then having all these different ways of connecting with people. The gift for me was like, oh, like I really understand how energy works now and how this energy connection works and how I can feel the energy of the world around me. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I fully, I always felt it. I was always dealing with it before. Sometimes I would be very clear that that was like an energy connection I was feeling, but the gift of the pandemic, pandemic and especially the first like six to eight weeks because I was like very only alone just with Joe um in one physical space and then having these different online interactions and more than I had before it was like all of a sudden I was like whoa I really get it now like I really understand mm-hmm. how this works it's so amazing mm-hmm. yeah it is <laughs> anyway <laughs> We just really start to blow it off then, don't we? It's like energy, energy, energy. Let's let's reel it back in. (laughs) Um, Ground it down. So much stuff is happening with Grimoly and it is so fucking exciting. Like, oh my goodness. So we've called July. We've got a theme for July, which is our hockey stick month because we're having all these hockey sticks on our graphs. So we were onboarding around 70 to 100 remote professionals a week. Um, onto the platform and it we are now 700 a week every week wow which is really really exciting mm. yeah and our web traffic has done the same so it's gone from like a couple of thousand to like 25,000 <clears throat> um, unique views just in the last week <clears throat> and wow. we're just starting to see it in like We've started, um, people have been signing up for the platform to use our culture tools. And we didn't even, I didn't even realize actually, because I didn't, our backend reporting is very unsophisticated right now. It's very simple. Um, and unless I'm like actually going in and digging around, I don't see it necessarily that there are certain things that we're very focused on. And then there are other things that just kind of, I, I hadn't seen. And I just noticed the other day that, oh my goodness, people are actually signing up for the culture tools. Um, so obviously one of the big parts of the platform is to put your company on and then post jobs and find talent and engage that talent and everything. But you can also bring your entire existing team on and just use the culture tools and everything else we have on there and not even use our payroll. And we were sort of gearing up to, we haven't really promoted that a lot. And we were gearing up to start kind of promoting that. And all of a sudden I saw, wait, people have already been starting to use this um, only just recently in the last week. That's why I hadn't seen it yet. I was just poking around in there yesterday and I was like, oh, wait, this happened. This is amazing. So yeah, it's just really, really exciting. Um, and I think this is so fascinating how everything works, but I've been like fucking around for the last couple of weeks, probably almost a month with like closing out the current seed round, which was essentially a bridging round. We've talked about this before. It's This round has mm-hmm. been like really challenging for me. Um, kind of got started before I had a baby and then had Luca and like it all got a bit disjointed. 
And it just kind of became the never ending capital round, capital raise. And, but it was always designed as this raise to like get us just from not being live and not being in revenue to being in revenue. And then we would have a more um, substantial idea of what we needed to do to go forward, um, which is basically where we're at now. So all of a sudden, just over the last few weeks, I was really starting to feel this like pressure of like, you need, we need to do something. Like we need to finish off working out, working on this round because it's no longer like a meaningful amount of money. It's not, even if I get all of it and a bit more, um, which we're probably going to end up with because all of the investors have started coming in in the last minute saying that they want to be a part of it. And this is what I'm talking about. That's just so funny. So as soon as I kind of was sitting with all of this stuff and part of me disconnecting for that three or four days at that festival was like, I need to just like take myself out of this and figure out what I'm doing. And when I came back, I was like, all right, I think I'm feeling pretty confident that we need to make, we need to raise a more meaningful equity round. Um, and probably using venture capital and going down, getting started down that path. So I came back from that feeling pretty clear, but just wanting to like figure out exactly what I needed to do. And I could tell there was still a bit of a part of me that was like hesitant and not quite sure. And are we where we need to be? Do we have enough traction? Do we have enough this? Do we have enough that? And then I guess it was about a week and a half ago or something. Maybe it was two weeks ago now. I was like, okay, we're doing it. We're going to do this meaningful equity round. It's going to be somewhere between two and 10 million. I need to figure out the exact strategy and you know the forecast and figure out how much money we need, but this feels right. The day I decided, I had three VCs reach out and say, hey, we're interested in talking to you. Literally that week when we checked our numbers is when we started seeing these hockey stick growth things happening and it's just kept going. Um, And all these investors from the other round that were like sort of, I don't know what they were doing, sitting, watching, waiting, wondering what was happening, busy with their lives. Like I know it's not the most important thing on their priority list, but all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So like, I just set a deadline on that round. We're not going to accept any money after July 31st, take in whatever, you know, or maybe even pull the pin early, depending on how much um, we end up closing out. Cause we're about halfway through the round last time we recorded. And now we're about 75% of the way through with a bunch of other people that are still coming back to me at the moment. So it's just so fascinating because it was literally the moment that I said, yes, yes. Mm. Not, I think this is what we need to do. Okay. Okay. It was like, yes, this is what we're doing. And I committed to it and I decided, well, from this moment on, like, I'm going to figure out how much I'm going to figure out, you know, who we start talking to, what we start doing, what our strategy is exactly, all of the things. And it's just like, everything just started happening. And it's interesting because I think we always, I was waiting for the hockey sticks to happen before I would start this process. Yet, as soon as I said, yes, our numbers start skyrocketing all over the place. Like it's so fascinating. And it's like, I know this over and over and over in my life. I know, but I guess the reality is you can't force yourself there until you're there because you're not there until you're actually there. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's really exciting. Perfect. Can you explain to me, and maybe others might need it too, but this hockey stick term. Oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with this. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's when your graph goes from like a nice upward trajectory. If anyone's watching on YouTube, I'm kind of going nicely along the screen at just like, I don't know, what angle am I going at? I'm bad with that stuff. A 45 degree angle? No, like a 30 degree angle? Yeah. Maybe like a 30 or a 45 degree angle. And then all of a sudden, because you get much more, it it goes up 
it starts like right. the graph goes much higher. So it's kind of like an exponential curve or um, a hockey stick or whatever you want to call it, but it essentially means you've you've hit some kind of tick, tipping point where things are now growing at a much faster, much more rapid rate rather than, mm. so it's like, like I said, we were going, we were adding around 70-ish to 100 new remote professionals a week. Mm. And then all of a sudden one week it was 700 and then a thousand and then 700. And so it's like, that's before it was taking us 10 weeks to do that. Now it's taking us one. So the rate, rate mm. that we're growing is just so much faster. And so what, and what do you put that down to? What else were you doing apart from like clearing your own energy and, and stepping into that? Yes. What else was there? What else would you say credit it to? I mean, there's a lot we're doing in the business, right? Like, so we're, we were already working on our marketing and all of it. Like digital marketing is one of the things we're doing. Um, and we were working on like how those ads were performing and everything. And then we started to like crack that code a little bit. And then we were able to put a little bit more money in. And then it started like kind of going much further up. But there's other things we're doing from a marketing perspective as well. Like we've got, we're probably, when that first happened, we we're probably three or four weeks into like a much better rhythmic flow of our um, Explore newsletter, which is the weekly job seeker newsletter, I guess you would call it. Like we put out um, a newsletter that highlights the top positions and also reminds people to go check the job board, but we've improved mm-hmm. the quality of that newsletter. So we've, that newsletter is probably only six-ish weeks old. Um, so we're about four weeks in when it started to really turn those numbers. We started, we, the first newsletter was like very boring. It just kind of had three jobs and go check it out. And then the next week we did that and we were like, oh, the open rate didn't really go up. So we're like, okay, well, what do we do? And we're like, we need to add more value in this newsletter. So then we started doing like an article at this top. Um, and Theo actually, our marketing manager, is writing a lot of stuff from her own perspective, but also, so she's kind of flipping between that and then like really practical, like job search tips or whatever it might be. Um, And then we started doing these webinars to um, help remote professionals build really quality profiles so that they'll actually get the job of their dreams versus like, you know, just, just helping them curate their profile toward the job they really want versus just like trying to put everything out there and get like any job. Um, so there's like a number of different things that we were doing and I think they've all contributed. Um, and I guess, you know, anyone who's an entrepreneur listening, like that's Mm. one thing that I would share in my past 12 or so years experience is like, just keep going, like just keep going and keep looking at what's working and what's not and keep improving and, I'm very, very big on intuition plus data. Like I'll have Mm -hmm. a hunch or I'm like watching things in the business and I have like a bit of a feel for like what we could do or I might have ideas or whatever, but I always want to check that with the data because sometimes my intuition could just be a little off or sometimes it could be like, yeah, that'll be like a really nice thing to do, but like it might not move the needle or it just might not be like the right time to be focusing on that thing or what have you. So one of the things, for example, is we started these webinars for the remote professionals. So when you sign up, you get invited to a webinar. We have two different time slots a week um, to help you build your profile. And we did it for a month to see like how many people were signing up and how effective it is. And then next mm-hmm. week, we're going to be meeting to look and see. And intuitively, I'm not sure it's adding enough value for us to continue doing it. So I'm likely going to suggest and talk with the team about 
rather than actually hosting a live webinar, let's record something in its place and test that for a month and compare what happened in the month of hosting live webinars and what happened in the month of um, sending out like recorded version or something like that, some sort of alternate, but communicating the same message. But what, mm. what are we trying to do? We're trying to increase the completion rate of the p- profile um, and the quality of what is people are putting into their profile. Um, so that's the kind of objective for this thing. So we have to look at the data with what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. We need to have a look at the data next week when we kind of analyze the last month and decide what we do the month ahead. And then we'll need to look at it again at the end of that month. Um, but we need to look at what the data is actually saying. Like, is it like some of the data could be around attendees, numbers of attendees to the webinars and things, but like what we need to look at in our system is like, are we seeing a greater profile completion rate? That kind of thing. So mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of other things like we've had a few more jobs posted by companies on the platforms. So that's obviously encouraging people to search our job board. And some people haven't yet signed up for the platform, but they look for the job board. But then as soon as they see a role they like, then they might sign up. So, you know, there's a number of factors and that's the other thing, right? It's not not always like one thing that does it. Um, it's a number of things mm. and things, the whole Thing about the hockey stick or the exponential curve is like things tend to speed up once you hit certain inflection points. Um, so you get that natural kind of um, spin-on mm. effect. So, yeah, it's very exciting. So that's what's been going on with Gromoli. It's been amazing. Um, I think we will wrap up the podcast now, but before we finish, mm. we did have our first um, ask us anything. So just a reminder, if you're listening, if anything we've talked about today or in any episode is interesting for you and you would like to know more or anything at all, really just email us podcast at bromotely.com. But we had our first question from Christine who asked us about the internal team happiness questions. Um, so basically every single month we ask our team, how happy are you out of 10? And you can provide also, along with a score, an anonymous um, answer, feedback or whatever it might be, kind of indicating why you gave that score. And I've been doing that for six years now. The way that I have been doing it and the way that you guys are doing it at Grow My Team is through a type form, um, an anonymous type form that really just has those two questions, just rate out of 10 and why did you give that answer? And you don't even have to fill out the second one. Um, and then our operations manager in both companies, I know, collates those answers and puts it into our business dashboard so that we have it. Um, and it's been like a little bit of a manual process, but it works. And because she looks at it, our operations managers both happen to be she's, but because they look mm-hmm. at it um, regularly, you know, they can see if they can roughly see that we have you know, most people are completing it and they can kind of give us a little reminder every so often if like, hey, like the last few months we haven't had as many of you complete it. Just remember, this is really important. Um, I think we also have a Zap um, or no, it's Basecamp. I think in both companies we have this, a little reminder in Basecamp to, um, Basecamp has this thing called check-ins. So once a month it kind of goes up and automatically prompts everyone in the company to fill out the the survey. But the good news for everyone is I built this into the Gromotely platform. So Gromotely actually asks your team seven questions a month. Um, The first one being, how happy are you out of 10? And then it also asks, 
how aligned is the company with its values? How aligned do you feel with its values? How aligned do you feel and how aligned is the company with its purpose and with its vision? So those seven questions give you a really good sense of how your team is feeling and how the culture is. We're calling them like culture pulse questions. Um, And if anyone would like to trial that, um, we have a 90-day free, you can add your team in for 90 days free uh, with the code Oh no, I need to find out what the code is. Um, put it in the show notes. <laughs> I will put the code in the show notes. Yes, we have a 90 day free trial for those conscious, uh, for those culture tools. And um, after the 90 days, it's only $9 per month per team member. And they have full access to the platform. The other thing you can do is give kudos to fellow team members. So you can give them a shout out, which is something that we do in both companies as well. Every single week in our team mm. meeting, we read out the gratitude and shout outs or the cheers for peers or whatever you want to call it. Um, we've called it in the platform, give kudos. Um, and it's basically giving someone a shout out for something they did. And that's really fun as well, just to like give your peers, um, you know, a bit of a, bit of a shout out, a bit of a thanks, a bit of a just recognition or whatever it might be. So I'm really grateful to Christine for asking that question because it allowed me mm. to plug our <laughs> tools. Um, but yeah, if you don't want to pay $9 a month and you can just create a Typeform yourself, I think Typeform costs something, but there is a free version. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can do it yourself with with survey tools or feel free to jump on our platform. We'll get that code in the show notes for 90 days free for all of your team members. See how you like it. Um, yeah, love to hear what you think. And if anyone has any other questions, just a reminder, email us at podcast at Um, I don't really have much else other than my book, Conscious Leadership, is now available, Kindle, paperback, and hardcover. Um, actually, in the front of the book, there is a 90-day free trial of our culture tools as well. So there you go. Buy my book. Get the free trial. <laughs> leave, me, leave me a review on Amazon. And I will be forever grateful because it's really helpful, those reviews on Amazon. Um, And I've got like 15 or 16 really beautiful reviews. So I'm very grateful. Thank you in advance to anyone who has read the book and who has left me a review. I super, super appreciate it. Um, Anything your end, my love? Yes. Well said, sister, firstly. And um, yes, definitely go and get that book. Um, okay. So, I mean, I have, we have so much coming up in the future weeks, but for now, I really just wanted to talk again on our two new growth consultants that are stepping out into the world. Um, we have both Maddie and Joy that are going to be there to be able to meet with any of the leaders across the UK, US, all basically, essentially, um, the world, um, and they're going to meet with you to identify all of the growth opportunities, speak about global talent acquisition, and essentially what it will look like for you to lead more of a conscious company. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you to book in with them. Oh, I love that. And yeah. we just met with Daniela um, and did our, where our team's mm. in the middle of doing our big deep dive conscious culture survey that you guys are running for your clients every quarter or yearly or something like that. Um, but that's mm-hmm. really cool. So that's a, like a much more intensive deep dive. So we will have that. I think we'll have that done by next week or the week after. So we'll definitely have to talk about that in yeah. our upcom- upcoming episodes. And the cool thing about Grow My Team and Grow Motely is that Grow My Team is kind of like 
they do all this amazing stuff and then we figure out how, how, how we can build that into technology so that they can use it and we can use it. Um, but that would be something really cool that I would love for us to build into our technology eventually, like deep dive culture tools that companies can use. Um, but I'm mm. super grateful that I have you guys doing it for us for right now. So yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, that is a wrap this week. It was so good to see you. I love you so much. You I've too. missed you and um, we will not leave it so Me long too. in between. <laughs> okay thanks everyone bye bye